You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back. We missed one week, but then came back with even bigger news this week. Yeah, so this podcast hopefully will make up for the uh, the miss on last week. So I've been wanting to do some tournaments for a while now, uh, but I just haven't gotten the chance. My schedule doesn't work well with them. Ended up doing the $800 main event over at Texas Card House during their series. Well, basically, I mean, whenever you say your schedule doesn't work out, you basically just said, F it, I'm going to just... If I make day two, I'm going to just figure it out kind of thing, and I'm just going to roll the dice on this tournament. That's kind of it. I was like, well, the money's going to be big enough that if I make day two, because the, the day one is never the problem. Since they have so many flights, it's hard for day one to ever be a problem. It's always day two on a Sunday. But, you know, I work, but, well, I, mean, I don't know. For such big tournaments, I mean, you can work around it. That, that's kind of my thinking. I was like, I can find someone to cover for me or something like that. So I did the $800 main event over at uh, Texas Card House. I have never done a tournament that big before. It's I think the biggest I've ever gotten was like four fifty five hundred. I thought you and I did a $600 one together at John, uh, 52 back in the day before it was 88. Uh, you came in second. Maybe. I don't, think it was, I don't think it was 600 though. I thought it was cheaper than that. Oh, well, that was but, the biggest tournament I did. I thought, I mean, I thought that was a bigger one, but maybe not. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, cause that wasn't their main event. That was their opener. Was that, yeah, was that it, one? It, so it would, there's definitely would not have been at 600. It'd been like four, it'd have been the 400, 450 range, maybe. Okay. But yeah, this one's definitely the biggest one you've done to date for sure. So, yeah. So in, uh, ended up, uh, going there. I think it did the Wednesday or Thursday flight and, I just, you definitely did the Thursday flight because that's why we didn't record. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. That's a good, solid, solid reasoning. Uh, I just end up getting crushed at the beginning of the tournament. I get in a ton of weird spots. I flopped a set of fours very early on when we're still pretty deep uh, in a multi-way pot, and it was four, five, seven. There's a raise, a call, call. I re-raise with my set of fours. I mean, I'm loving this. I mean, you're definitely not worried about... I mean, in a cash game, I'm a little bit more worried about like someone flopping the weird straights. But right here, I'm thinking someone has a two pair a lot of the time. Or I'm, I'm thinking you're good here all day so far. So, How do you feel when he three bets the flop? I mean... I mean, I think you're, def- just- you're definitely not thrilled now. I'm not thrilled, but he could be doing this with, what was it? It was four, five, seven. Yeah. Like five, six, he could be doing this with. I know like some people pretty aggressive. I mean, I think I'm just, I don't want to say I'm just going with it, but I'm definitely calling. That's where I was. I wasn't psyched about it. I mean, never raising at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think when I raise, I'm, I'm only getting six, eight and bigger sets. Because uh, this is kind of a... People really don't three bet the flop without something that's usually pretty big. But I think it's too strong not to just fold here. But here's the one thing, though. This tournament this size, you're going to get some pretty good tournament players. 
So I think you do have to take that into account that sometimes we get some pretty aggressive tournament players as well. Yeah, this guy was kind of an older. <laughs> this is like he had a yeah. little cup of coffee in his hand. He yeah, was he, he was like kind of like an older guy. I wouldn't <laughs> say he was like passive by any means, but he was kind of aggressive. But so I, so I end up making the call, and it's just me and him, obviously. The turn is a three. He's getting sadder and sadder, huh? Uh, he leads out. I just fold. Uh, the only the only uh, things I could really see myself beating after he three bets the flop is like you said five six, uh, was it six uh, seven six, and you know basically things that had a six in them. So once the straight com- the four card straight completes, I don't know. I mean I don't know what I could possibly be beating at this point. Yeah, and I'm liking this fold too. I think it's a really good discipline fold. So, yeah, it's a uh, so I get kind of wrecked by this hand pretty early on. I guess he didn't show anything. No, he didn't show anything. But regardless of results or anything, I still think I still like the fold. Oh yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I was just curious. Yeah, uh, I then flop two pair in a multi-way pot. Uh, it was I had four six. Flop two pair, it was like four, six, like seven. Yeah, it sounds dicey. All right. Yeah. It's a, so it's a bet, a call. I think I just call here. Uh, the turn gets worse. It connects the board even more. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically the same situation, just again and for more money. Yeah, a small bet. And then... On the river, it's like even more connected, and it's like a big bet, and then a call, and then a call. I'm like, well, I just fold my two pair now. Like, How's it even get more connected to the five cards straight up? <laughs> I mean, basically, it almost was, yeah. Uh, so I'm like, well, at the end, I was like, my flop two pair. There's a ton of other bigger two pairs. There's now just just all the straights in the world. There's a bet and a call. I'm like, well, I think I just fold here. I fold and someone shows like top pair, and the other person shows. I, I had the winning hand. I mean, yeah, but like we always say, it ceases to matter if you actually had the winning hand in this situation. I still think it's a good fold. I mean, I think I don't think it's a good fold. I think it's a pretty easy standard fold. So, yeah, agreed. I mean, uh, you're calling this off. I mean, you're going to be recording this podcast Thursday night quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's a uh, so it was really weird. Like the in. I haven't done a tournament of this size. I was expecting a little bit more kind of pro grinderish kind of Yeah, punch. pro grinderish would be a great way to put it. Isn't it kind of weird how like whenever these type of turns happen, I kind of expect to see new faces as well, but it seems like sometimes just the same normal dudes we play with all the time. Well, you know, for me it's kind of weird cuz I was actually the opposite. Like when I'm in doing these tournaments, it seems like everybody knows each other and they're all tournament people. I guess, yeah, I guess you're probably right. I, I guess what I said is probably just, I mean, just not true. Um, because that's well, kind of like when we do those those daily tournaments, too. It's, like, it's kind of like a whole different clique of people. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't get me wrong. Well, I, I see some of the people we play cash with, but for the most part, it's just everybody seems to know everybody, and I don't know anybody. And for, when it comes to cash game, I, at least I might not know everybody, but I usually recognize people. And it's just because the tournament, the whole tournament thing was weird. I remember feeling the same way at the Texas Card House one over in Westheimer when I did that one. And it just seems to be a very, there's intermingling of the crowd, but it seems to be very different crowds. 
Uh, so I'm just getting wrecked. I get down to like, we start out with 40,000. I get down to 11,000. Yes, and I, let me tell you, the blind, they don't say the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know this by now, yeah. But I start, I do get to the point where I think I go all in and win the blinds once or twice. Uh, I then make some hands where it's just like top pair and stuff like that and get there. And I slowly start building a stack up. And I get it back to around starting stack again. And then just kind of keep on... You know, nothing crazy, just a few light bluffs of missed hands where I would take something down every now and then getting value from like a top pair or two pair hand. Nothing crazy, but just slowly building it back up. I think that's something that like um, whenever we both talk about like our different play styles, I think one of your strong suits is building a small stack into, you know, an average stack and how me, I'm not i mean not quite i'm <laughs> normally i'm rebuying a bigger stack but um and then mine would probably be like getting value on like playing gigantic bloated pots in situations where you probably shouldn't like getting people to call giant bets kind of thing oh yeah i do think that's i definitely think that's one of your strengths and i do agree like the smaller <laughs> stack is i guess because i've done more tournaments than you like that'd be easy to do probably most of the listeners have done more tournaments than me yeah i would say so say, i bubbled one time in that 450 dollar tournament i was like i don't like this <laughs> <laughs> the uh smaller stacks i'm usually pretty decent with i mean i tried to, i really don't play on much anymore in cash but I've got I've had enough experience in tournament that I'm usually pretty okay with it. Uh, but you end up kind of making like some ground, but not like a ton. I get into one hand where I've now I think I was just right around probably like eighty ninety thousand. I mean I'd probably doubled chip stack, but it's way later. It's a, a little bit later in the tournament. Uh, I have Ace Nine off on the button i believe it's a uh there's a bet and a call i make the call on the button it's just fairly like a lot of the raises sizes were a little small so i would continue a little bit wider the flop is nine queen six pre-flop razor bets small other guy folds. I make a call. I think this is kind of standard. Yep, I'm liking this. Because he's going to be, like we always say, C-betting a small ton of the time. So. Yeah, and he was C-betting very small, too. It was, I think it was like 20% pot. So, with yeah, with middle pair, top kicker, definitely. Uh, the turn is a queen. So, this is actually a great card for you. I, I think it's a really good card for me. Uh, he bets again. Sizing up, I'm sure. Actually, it was still pretty small. I'm snap calling then. Uh, I call. The river's a six. So it's now queen, queen, six, six, nine. With the ace kicker. He bets gigantic. Like probably a pot, like probably almost double pot covering me. Covering me. This is my all in. I had seen him do this a couple times where he had bet really big, and I hadn't seen him show down anything yet. He's only He'd just kind of gotten away with it. So my thought process here is he could have a queen, but it's pretty hard to have a, it's pretty hard to have a queen when there's two on the board. Uh, 
I didn't rule out all the pocket pairs above a nine just because, like, I think they would check with that showdown value. I mean, once they bet really big, it seems like they're just trying to get called by a queen or the six here. So I kind of ruled that out. Once I ruled those out and I'm just going up against a queen, I'm like, I think there's enough bluffs here that I'm good. It probably wasn't it probably wasn't like two times pot. It was probably more like pot and a half or so. But it was pretty it was a really big bet. I end up making the call for my all in. I'm like, well, if he's got a queen and he's got he's got a queen. Uh and he turns over like seven eight of clubs. Man, what a call. Yeah, it was a I everybody thought it was a really great call at the table. I thought it was Fairly standard, I thought, but sh shit. I mean, I tell you what, I'm not. My tournament knowledge isn't to the point where some of the other people are. So, well, here's the. Well, I mean, <laughs> this might not be to the highest knowledge, but this definitely plays a factor for me, though. I mean, it's your all in. I mean, hundred uh, percent. That is a good point. <laughs> I mean, whenever you make that call, I mean, it'd be one thing if it was that call for half your stack, but whenever it's that call for <clears throat> your all in, it it feels more impressive. I mean, it might not be, but it seems like, I mean, if you're going to be thinking about, like, making a close spot and you know if you're wrong, you're on the rail recording this podcast, I mean, you're probably thinking twice. <laughs> That's true. It's a good point. And, well, and here's the other thing is, I was only beating a bluff. Oh, no. Honey, yeah, well, yeah. That's what makes so, it. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, I definitely don't think he's going for value with King 9. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was a, a pretty nice one. Uh, another one is, what was it? I flopped. But that hand basically got you back on track to above, you know, the average stack, or are you still struggling right now in this tournament? No, that got me well above average stack. Okay. Yeah, that was where, that's where things really started to take off. Because uh, I'd already, I was probably already at maybe average stack or maybe a slightly above, and then that all in kind of propelled it. Uh, get into another hand where I have king five. I must have been the big blind. I <laughs> so you're under the gun razor, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was, I think someone raised, I think actually, I think it was big blind. I was like, well, king five, I probably can defend because some of the raises were just so small. Right. I mean, you could hit a straight on either card. So sure. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. And the flop is four. Six, seven. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy jams all in for like pot, maybe. I don't remember. I, well, he wasn't huge, huge, but it was, well, it, maybe it was like two times pot or something. A lot of over pot bets. <laughs> I must say, at first, I'm like, easy call. Now I'm like, well, it's a little bit more dicey than that. So I kind of hinder him and Hall, but I'm like, well, I've got the open-ended for certain. Uh, and i got to think that a lot of times my king is good, too. Like, he'd be doing this, like, pocket tens, jacks, something like that. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of my thinking. Uh, so I kind of hem and haw, and I'm like, well, okay, I think I've got... I think i got 50% equity against most hands. And, you know, I'm getting better than 50%. So I call... I mean, it's the best spot ever. He has jack five. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so I mean, now it's like, 
like straight. If we hit a straight, it's just a chop, and he's dead to a jack. So I uh, hand, uh, kind of a hand where I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, just ended up being a great spot for me. What ended up happening? Uh, ended up t- uh, winning, and he uh, and busted him. Oh, that's nice. So get the final table. Make a. I did one interesting hand where I limp kings under the gun. This is all still day one. This is all still day okay. one. Uh, and just because I knew there would be a lot of short stacks that could be jamming, especially against like a weak limp. Uh, and one of the short stacks does jam. I make the call. He has pocket eights. He's probably jamming anyway, so I can't really put on my tricky behavior. So, but end up taking him out and just making a huge deal. That was final table. Ended up getting in, bagging in second in chips. I mean, isn't it crazy how, I mean, I guess you call it the variance or just how in terms, I mean, you're just literally just, I mean, you can seem like you're up against it, but I mean, make that big comeback. Just, I mean, just on the flip of a card, basically. It always shocks me in tournaments because in cash, it's kind of hard to do to make these big comebacks, but in tournaments, it's pretty common. And it's so weird to think that you're, like, there was a time where I was like, I mean, I need a miracle to even stay alive to, like, you know, the third the third round or whatever. And, you know, and then back second in chips. It, it, yeah, it always just throws me how much, how weird it is. I mean, that was like that time when I did the free roll or whatever and got down to a literal one blind and got aces and then ended up doubling up and then doubling up again, doubling up, coming in second. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was the one where uh, they're like, do you want to just chop the term? And I said, no, I want to play it out, bust out the next hand. I'm like, well, then. Oh, I remember that one. So I, remember, I remember doing the podcast over that one. Yeah. It's a, uh, so it was kind of a crazy, uh, crazy ride to go from just getting killed in the beginning all the way to uh, second and bagging in chips. So I end up doing day two, and I've had to reschedule, reshuffle all this stuff at work. And I was kind of concerned. I was happy that I was coming in to guaranteed money. That was nice for the Texas Card House tournament that you came in uh, guaranteed. But I was like, God, you know, I did. I have a pretty decent stack, but you know, anything can happen. I mean, a decent stack was still actually it ended up being a shitload of blinds. I told you it was gonna be forty big blinds. I came in with like a hundred and fifty big blinds. But I mean, same way as we said though, how fast you can you know flip of a card end up with a big stack. I mean, the vice versa is certainly true. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I come in on fire. I get a lot of good hands, and I'm just getting everything through. I then play a horribly massive blunder. I have ace-king. I don't remember the exact how the betting went, but I will say this. I massively overvalued top pair to a huge amount, and... Took a huge hit over it. It was a hundred percent just a mistake on my part. So, but like I said, I don't remember the entire bet, the entire betting on it. I know. Because <laughs> like I'll tell you this much, it wasn't good. I've been blocking it out ever since. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> like that's yeah, all you need to know. <laughs> it was just one of those where it's just massively overvalued top pair. Isn't it crazy how like you can play so well for so long, and then it's like one hand goes so far off the rails it makes you feel like you don't even know poker. It's like you can play for hours, play great for hours. Like same thing in cash, you play great for you know six hours straight. Then all of a sudden you get aces, and all of a sudden you just can't. I mean, for some reason you can't find the fold button or something, and it's just like, 
I mean, I don't want to say lose your mind, but I mean, it's it's crazy how one hand can just derail everything so quickly. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and it just yeah, like you say, just shakes your confidence to the core, especially. Like in cash, a lot of times, sometimes you're busted out or whatever. Here, you're still battling. Well, that's what I was about to say. At least in cash, I can I can throw a fit and run out screaming, right? Yeah. But in tournaments, I mean, unless you're out, out, I mean, you definitely still have to sit there and keep playing. Oh, it's uh, it was it was pretty tough because it was pretty, ma- like I say, massive blunder, kind of embarrassing at the end, of, like the end of it. So it was a. Uh, <laughs> it's always funny. I have those hands where I'm like, if these cars end up on their backs at showdown, I'm gonna either win a bunch of money or be really embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, or both. I mean. Well, you play such high variance that you're either gonna look like yeah, you're either gonna look like a genius or a uh, or just horrible or just the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh sometimes in the same session. Oh, I mean, dude, I got a session where I mean, I literally someone just says they just don't know what I'm doing over here <laughs> because like. I was making it like 45 pre-flop with like three, four suited, you know, just, well, we'll talk about it when we get to it, just to, uh, about the cash. We'll stay on the tournament topic first. It's a, so I end up building my stack really back up quite a bit. Uh, I'm getting through a lot of bluffs. I was getting a quite Obviously a not showing probably in tournaments. Definitely not showing. Yeah. It's uh and people asked many times to see, I was like, mm, no, I'm like, I had it. Uh, and sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't, but end up building something back. Uh, did not take great notes on the hands, but come all the way back, all the way to final. We're two tables away from final table, and I get really short stacked. Uh, kind of have to go all in a couple times. Uh, everybody folds. How many people are left now? So this is day two, right? And we're down to two tables. So how many people around were in the tournament and how many are left now? I thought you said uh, there was 40 like, coming into day two. Probably about 16. Okay, so 16 left. Tons of people, right? I mean, yeah. with that many flights, I mean, just tons. Okay, so 16 left. Uh, have to go all in qu- several times. Uh, not several times, like once or twice to get the blinds. I get kings to pocket tens, which was a huge uh, help. Because uh, I was really short up until that hand. Uh, finally, someone bust. We get down to the final table, and I mean, the first place prize is over a hundred grand. It's like a hundred and one thousand. So I think at that point, the prize pool was like five thousand. Uh, when we got to final table, like at ninth, it didn't go up. It was the same same uh, amount. Uh, someone bust. It's going up pretty steadily now. You know how like how the bit how. The deeper you run, the more those pay jumps are are uh, massive. I then get a very interesting hand where I have ace deuce suited in the small blind. There is a limp from the cutoff, a limp from the button, and with ace deuce suited, I think I'm pretty mass. Wait, I'm sorry, it was ace eight suited. Uh, I think I'm a pretty massive favorite against these two limps. I raise it up. Uh, both call. So, the flop is a pretty good one for me. I have ace-8 of diamonds. It's king, jack, uh, I believe four with two diamonds. No, I'm sorry. It was king, jack, five with two diamonds. Uh, I see-bet this flop. I think this range advantage hits me way harder. I think I have a lot of equity, even if I'm not ahead. So, 
now it kind of gets weird when the cutoff re-raises me and re-raises me big. What's going to be close to my all-in. So, the button doesn't even think that much and goes all-in for way less, for quite a bit less than I have. Once he does that, I feel like I've got pot odds basically just to call everything now. Well, I didn't realize it was quite a bit less. Yeah, I mean, you hate to see such strong action. But, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend like I know the tournament strategy. So, I'm just, I mean, it definitely seems like you're getting the good odds. I mean, like, in the cash game, you know. So. Well, I was a little concerned of a set of fives. But it limped to me. So, I'm, like, I'm ruling out kings. I'm ruling out jacks. I'm ruling out king jack. Uh, so, now I'm thinking, like, it's a draws, which I have dominated. And... Like a kind of a one pair hand, unless it's a set of fives, kind of a one pair hand where right, ace so might be good. Yeah, but so your ace should be good a lot of the time. Uh, so I end up making the call. I don't really tank too hard on this one. Uh, I am super shocked to show, see cutoff flip over jacks. Uh, the other guy has five seven of diamonds that was shorter stacked. So, kind so, of the worst case scenario for me here. Yeah, uh, really weird that jacks are there, right? Like, I'd completely ruled out jacks preflop. So if he raises preflop, do you think anything changes? No, I don't yeah, think so. No, really. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, if he raises preflop, I'm still too strong. I think to just fold, uh, I probably do call, and with this flop, well. With this flop, at least I can, I can kind of think that he might have something like that, but it's a pretty strong flop for both of us. I don't I don't know that I'm getting away from it. With I mean I think we start I started with like 25 blinds. That's about to say, and plus so. with these stack sizes, I mean, and then you're getting the bonus odds basically with that other guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so pretty uh, so it ends up oh well it ends up uh, missing completely. <laughs> Uh, the guy, I guess I am in luck because the guy to my right in the, on the button bust out, so he gets actually one place below me. So I move up to seventh place for a cash of uh, 13,660. <laughs> More than double your highest score? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think my highest score in a tournament was like just over like five grand. So, well, yeah, well over double. So really a great run. It's always... You know, we always talk about how tournaments is always kind of a double-edged sword because you make such a good run, but then you're like, God, I was six places away from 100,000. Right, but, you know, at the day one before the first card was dealt to you, I mean, if you're told that you're going to play this tournament and win $13,000, I mean, you're just so pumped. Oh, I'm such a wuss. If I'm if I'm told <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make one make cash for 1000 and make 400 i'm still pumped to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but so yeah no 100% it was a great run uh had to get lucky many times as in tournaments you have to do <laughs> i was about to say that's i mean and you can talk to anyone who's made a deep run yeah yeah so it was a like saying a very good experience for my first really big multi-flight tournament absolutely um let me see. I have some cash game hands for you. Did you play any cash this week? No, it was all this tournament, right? No, I didn't play cash. I got I got destroyed. <laughs> like no one's gonna hear about that. Yeah, I played <laughs> I played four handed two five and just gotten bad spot after bad spot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not great. 
But okay, let me start with these hands for you first. And um, all right, well, these are the ones that I won. I, I won't talk about the ones I won. Let's talk about the ones I lost. Um, so we're heads up. I have pocket queens, right? And the backstory with this is, I remember a few episodes ago where I had that king five or king seven suited where I flopped a nut flush draw with uh, a gutter to a straight draw. Yeah. You, you remember that night? And, and then the guy bet and I re-raised him and then showed the seven. Okay, yeah. I remember uh, that. Maybe two episodes ago. Same opponent here. Um, Let me see. You, had, you have pocket queens from yes. what position? Uh, uh, blah, blah. Um, well, here one second. Let me let me give a little bit more backstory to this. Okay. So as that opponent, he's he's there, and we play one hand before this, and I have like ace ten, and like I flop an ace, but he was the he was the pre flop raiser, and he was just putting all the pressure on. I just fold, and he shows a stone cold air bluff, right, for like just blasting me out of my shoes, right. Okay. It's just fine. You know, I don't really care. You know, I'm just making a mental note of that, right. So now I'm in, let's see. Okay, I'm out of position here. So I think I was like under the gun plus two probably. Mm-hmm. I have pocket queens. Um, let's see. So there was... I must no no no. I was in the I was in one of the blinds. I was I must have been in the big blind because I three bet him to sixty five. Okay. That's what it was. I threw him to 65. Everyone folds. He calls. Okay. He had made it 15. One caller behind. I make it 65. Seems all reasonable. The flop comes 5, 8, 9, all diamonds. I don't have a diamond in my hand. It's kind of dicey. Super dicey. I'm still betting here, though, right? Betting small. Like all my range, right? I mean, basically, I'm taking this right out of your playbook. I think I actually checked this out of position. Well, I'm not liking that because I thought I was just copying your playbook. Uh, like, I mean, this is one of those. If he checks, I would probably bet small in position, but I'll probably check it out of position. Um. Okay. Well, I bet 55, and he raises to 155, and we're very deep. Um. And I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, well, I mean, I've bluffed this guy a few times. He bluffed me. He's definitely aggressive. Like, he's been three-betting me with just random cards, been raising. I said, well, he could be doing this with just nothing, knowing that if I just I, – I, that's what I think in the moment, right? Um, well, how big are the stack sizes? I think that comes into play pretty big here. Uh, very big, like 800. I mean, super deep. I was winning a bunch before this. I think you probably have to call – but I, I mean, like, uh, but I mean, you probably need to tread lightly. Oh, I mean, I call, but I mean, the second another bet is made, I'd already determine I'm out. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, that's probably how it should be. The turn is the seven of diamonds. So was it five, seven, eight, nine? Five, seven, eight, nine, all diamonds. Oh, and you have no, oh God. So now it's really, okay. So obviously at this point you check. I check, he checks. So I'm thinking like, well, this is weird. Like, because I would think a lot of his bluffs got there with that, as I was thinking. Yeah, so now you're weighting him more towards, like, a 9 or something, or, like, an 8 or something like that. Yes, and I'm just just general confused. Okay. The river is the queen of clubs. 
giving me the most irrelevant set in the world. I mean, that's a great way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I check, and he says he should bet, but he's too worried he's going to get check raised. And he checks and shows King Jack of Diamonds for the flop King I flush. Wow, that's kind of an interesting way to play that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I got, I'm very shocked to see him... I mean, you still have. I mean, granted, like if you have King Jack of Diamonds, that turns not a great for you, not great for you, but you still have second nuts. A very weird for this guy to have second nuts and not go for value on either the turn or the river. Well, I guess I could have had the straight flush right with the six of diamonds, but I mean, if that's what we're worried about, <laughs> I mean, so he, he had third nuts. I guess it is. I, I guess it is nerve wracking when. It's uh that deep, this, that but it is that deep. Because I mean, what I mean, if you bet and you just come over the top for all in or something, I mean, that's not where you want to be with King Jack and Diamonds. Uh, but that's kind of the reason I would check that flop is because of that that raise right there is I, I it's much easier to check call with queens there than it is to call the check raise. No, yeah, no, I agree. But uh, it's a uh, I don't know, very. I think not that interesting on your part because I think you played it fairly standard, but very weird line by that guy to just have King Jack of Diamonds and go for one one uh, check raise and just go check check on turn and river. Yeah, I thought it was. I felt like I lost. I got out of there thinking I lost the minimum at least. Uh, yeah, it definitely seems like you did. Um, here's one that was kind of interesting. Um, I have eight nine of hearts. I make it 20. I only get one caller. The okay. flop comes deuce of hearts, three of hearts, eight of spades. Are you in or out of position? I'm in position. Okay. The guy donks 60 into me. 60 into you? Over betting pot. I think I'm just calling. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, mm. How are we always on such different pages? Well... What you're saying is true, like, but I took something, um, what's it called? I did not take something into consideration. I thought he was playing off of a much shorter stack, so I just went all in. Um, turns out he had quite a bit more money than I originally anticipated, and he snap called. That ain't great. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean here's the good thing is you're going to have equity about against just damn near everything, so... Yeah, well, he had a set of deuces. Well, that's... <laughs> I said damn near. I didn't say everything. Well, I mean, you still have the flush. Uh, flush draw. Yeah, well, flush didn't come. Out for zero. Um, well, I played another hand that was dumb, but I didn't even take a note. I mean... But here's the thing. It's like, if, if it's that strong, like, I think we, I think I remember talking about this one before. It's like, granted, I like just the call, because I think you have... I think once you raise... Like, every, once you raise, everything that calls you has you beat. Uh, and you've got, I mean, you've got some showdown equity. Like, I mean, I would, I like the, I like probably the, the, uh, what was it? The raise if you've got, like, five, six. Like, or ace, maybe, like, a jack ten of hearts. Something where you don't have any, any showdown whatsoever. But on this one, like, if he has a set of deuces and you have the, a hand that's strong, 
kind of going to go all in no matter yeah, what. Yeah, well, the next card was like a seven. So I saw a top pair with a flush draw. So, I mean, he had more than I thought, but not by much. Yeah. And then I was short stacked the rest of the night, just going all in over and over again until I got caught with my hand right in that cookie jar with my classic. Uh, it was either like six, seven suited or something trying to go over like 20, 20, 20. And then I made it like 120 hoping to get it through. Got called by King, queen Jack offsuit. Uh, I mean, I mean, flopped. I mean, yeah, I went all in. He flopped a queen, turned a queen river to Jack. Cease to matter. If you are going to get called, not the worst one to get called by. I mean, something at least you have equity again. You have some equity. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean that was just basically how I ended up out for zero. So I was like, wow, definitely not the dream. But um, I thought those were kind of interesting. I thought that the queen's hand was a little bit more interesting than the other ones. Uh, yeah, definitely from the perspective of uh, well, I don't know. I think your eight nine hand is pretty interesting, just because I think y- your raise is very common. I, I guess it's kind of hard to say which is the exact way, but I think you can argue, make a good argument for a raise or a call there. Yeah, well, like I said, I thought he had um, a little bit less money there, so I thought there's just no way it's not going all in, so I just go all in. That's true. But, yeah. So then, now I play a new day, and um, this was actually last night. So on the button, I get pocket fives. I make it 24 I get called five ways. The flop comes five seven three rainbow, and it checks. Checks uh, uh, two preflop reader. Oh no 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 no! Sorry sorry sorry. I'm on the button. The guy makes it twenty four. That's that right. That makes way more sense. I that. was like, well, I think a lot of times you'll straddle the button. And yeah. then you'll raise. I mean, you'd have to raise so much bigger. That, that's what I was wondering. I was like, what is happening? But okay, okay, okay. He makes it 24. And this is kind of a pretty aggressive player. Five people call, or four call, I call. Just I'm like, I mean, okay. obviously raising, just way out to lunch here. Right. I call. So now we're going five ways to the flop. That's five, seven, three, rainbow. Okay. Um. The preflop raiser bets 100. Folds to me. I just call. The guy behind me calls. So now we're three ways to the turn. The turn is the four diamonds. Um, not really. I mean, you know, so now the board is three, four, five, seven. So a six is a strike. Correct. Um, and now the guy who flat. So the preflop raiser made 100. I called the 100. Now the guy who flatted behind me. Open jams. That's kind of worrisome just because he's the most likely one to have a six. Correct. And now the preflop razor has $40 behind and he folds. And <laughs> um, I call and the guy has seven three and I hold. I like the call. I mean, I like, I like the call. Uh, I think it's too weak to fold here. Uh, well, how much did he jam for? Mm, like 200 bucks. So it was less than pot. Yeah, quite a, so quite I, a bit less than pot, okay, actually. So yeah, I very much like the call. Uh, I thought your most interesting play here was on the flop. Because I think I raised that and then end up losing that guy to my left. Well, he had two pairs, so he's definitely probably still calling, right? 
Oh, maybe so. Yeah, I guess so. But I was I was just thinking. I was like, well, that was kind of a good head good heads up call, because on a board like this where I can have some pretty natural bluffs, uh, you know, any like a lot of six. Uh, if I had like a any gutter ball with like maybe a backdoor flush draw, I think there could be some bluffs here. Uh, especially if I'm gonna, I think I can definitely uh, fire multiple barrels. I think this is a raise for me. What was your, what was your thoughts when you were calling? I want that guy behind me to call. Was that? See, I didn't think about that. I think I probably raise and lose. Like obviously that that guy was strong enough to maybe to call anyways, but I don't know. Maybe not. Because I mean, once I raise there, it's pretty, it's pretty strong. Well, I wasn't worried about any flushes. I mean, once he makes it 24 pre-flop, the guy who was behind left, the guy who was left behind me was definitely not like a recreational guy who's going to show up with like a random straight here. Yeah. He's definitely going to have like, well, I guess if he has 7-3, he can have literally anything. I mean, talk about contradicting myself. <laughs> I mean, in the moment when I was playing the hand, that's what I thought. <laughs> so... So your thought here was basically I'm not I'm not call, that word. call flop and you're looking at I guess being in position you're probably going to put a lot of pressure on the turn you're probably raising turn or just jamming it I mean like I said I only had two hundred dollars behind so oh I mean, yeah yeah it's gonna be easy jam it's a half taught jam yeah. yeah um so that was interesting and now I didn't take notes on this hand which is always a delight but um, <laughs> I'm gonna give you kind of the we're actually going to pick this hand up on the turn, really. So okay. we're playing a double board bomb pot. And like I said, the most abridged version you can get. Yeah. I have pocket aces suited to the hearts with 2-3. Okay, ace, ace, 2-3, and with suited... Single suited to the hearts. Okay, gotcha. On one board, I flop the nuts with the set of aces on like A6, other card, don't know. Maybe a jack. Um, okay. The other board, I flop two pair with a flush draw. So I have the two three plus the flush draw. The ace high flush draw. Correct. Um, okay, well, I guess I'm picking up on the flop. So I bet small, literally like the world calls, right? Okay. Um, the turn, I still hold the nuts with a set of um, aces on the one board. I don't hit the flush on the turn, but I still have exactly what I flopped. Um, so I bet 50, still holding the nuts on one board with a redraw to the nuts on the other board. Okay. I immediately get re-raised to 250. Do you remember the turn on the set of aces? Because I think that's going to be very relevant. It made no straights possible. Made no straights possible? For sure. For, okay, sure, gotcha. for sure. But tons of draws. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking on there. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that was one thing. So that was the one thing, because I actually tanked for a minute here. Um, well, <laughs> you'll see why in a second. So I get re-raised to 250. Now, one player jams all in for less. One player jams all in again. Another player jams all in, and now back to me. And now we're deep here. We're very deep. I have about another 800 behind, eh, maybe like seven. But Does one of the jams have you covered? Yes. The original guy who made it 250 has it covered, and they all jam for around the same. Some a little more, but yeah. And now I'm I, giving this a good long thing, knocking it around. I mean, I'm sitting here with my fingers counting any sort of straights possible. I mean, just all the works. 
I honestly like where your head's at here. Because, uh, I mean, granted, I know you have the nuts on one board. But... This is a this is a, something where a lot of people just instantly are gonna be instantly calling just the nuts. But here's the thing: is there's gonna be, I think there's a flush draw where the aces are. Hundred percent. There's probably multiple straight draws. I mean, I couldn't even think, couldn't even count how many. Yes. Uh, I mean, any and, two Broadway cards. Yeah. Uh, and two, three. I mean, like you're looking at. What uh, you're looking at four to make a the sh world's shittiest boat on the bottom, and nine outs to uh, the flush to make the flush. And I had a gutter to a straight, but yeah. Now that being said, I think this is too strong to fold, but I like that you are at least considering the possibility because this is going to be where you get a lot of times you're only going to get really one board. And half the time you're going to lose those aces board. Uh, this is kind of a weird spot. I think you have to make the call in the long run, but you're going to get stacked here probably more than 50% of the time. Oh, yeah. So with that attitude, I shipped the 700 in on top of this guy. I think you have to. Okay, good. I thought you were saying you wanted to call here. Okay. Because I was sitting there thinking like, okay, even if I lose one of these shorties, I can still make money if I go through the guy who covers me. Oh, no. I like the I like the jam here a lot. Yeah. Okay. I thought, I mean, I, you just threw me. I thought you were... Okay. No, I was just saying I like your line of thought that you were at least thinking about this. Because I think most people do not think about this at all and are snap calling. And you are going to... You're going to get stacked here quite often actually which is what i was thinking which again is what made me jam because like let's say i get stacked by one of the guys who's you know 300 behind or whatever right i mean if i still double up through you know whatever my i think it was like another 650 or whatever 700 dollars, still making money you know not the worst right oh I, mean, I agree i mean so i go all in the river right off the right off the rip i drill the nuts so oh, for the flush, I Yes, assume. so that's Because nice. you already have the nuts on the ace. Okay. And then the world's worst card comes on the other board. The eight of spades completing the front door flush. And, I mean, like you said, I mean, just all the straights. Because right. now there's a jack out there. That, I mean, just, I mean, all the straights get there. And the front door flush comes. I had already turned my hand over. And every player showed a flush on the board that I had the ace high flush. Except for one, and he had a lesser set on the other board. Wow. So I scooped this massive pot. That's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, once you see that card, I mean, well, I mean, you're elated to get that nut flush because you think you just got screwed on the, on the set of aces. So kind of crazy that you scooped this gigantic bomb pot. <laughs> yeah, and no one had the flush, the obvious flush. Just the other guy just had the single set, but he was in the same situation I was. He has a set on a board that, you know, he only loses this, like, set of aces, set of whatever, jacks, I think it was. But no straights, bunch of draws, you know. So he went, he shipped it, and everyone else shipped it with lesser flushes. Which, again, I think is a huge mistake. Because, I mean, just the way you had to think about it, like, you're only if he only has equity on that one board, and, like, yeah. you, not only that, but, okay, if you have a set, if someone's got a bigger set, you're basically drawing dead to both boards. If they don't have a set and they have a ton of draws, 
well, they're going to get there about 30 to 40% of the time, and you're going to lose everything. And when you do win, you're only winning half the pot. I think the guy who called me for all the money had either a straight on the board that I hit the flush and like two pair on the other board or something and had a redraw to the flush. So basically that's blockers. Yeah. To the, so that's, that's what led to his call. Everyone else was kind of a uh, little bit lesser hands, but that's right. what called such a massive bet there. Okay. That make, which makes some sense there. So that was just, I mean, just a absolutely massive pot, right? Um, let's see. Oh, I accidentally clicked on my notes. Four people. Okay. Here's a pretty interesting one. Well, this one's uh, is interesting, but I, I'm very sure I misplayed this. Okay. So the night's now going on. I have massive stack. And like I said before, I'm raising just all sorts of stuff. Like I'm straddling, making it like $45 off the button straddle. I mean, we're very deep in this game. This game is playing very big. Okay. You know, raising just all sorts of stuff, really baffling a lot of people, triple barrel bluffing them, just folding when they call. I mean, just really mixing it up kind of thing. I mean, I mean, which tends to be what you do. I mean, it's not out of your wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you give me a big stack. I mean, I'm definitely, you know, putting my triple barreling shoes on when it makes no sense and, you know, doing just the most random of things, it seems like. Um, what it seems like. So I played this hand where I have pocket fives again. Um, this time. I'm like in the cutoff, I believe, but I may, I, I may get 30. I get two calls. The flop comes ace of spades, seven of spades, five of clubs. It checks to me. I make it a hundred basically betting pot, a little bit over pot. I think this is a, like, I think a lot of times I'll kind of go into automatic mode and maybe bet like a third pot or like something like half pot here. I like your pot size bet way more here. I like this. I, I'm not sure I do that because I will go into automatic mode sometimes, but this is a really good bet. Um, I do get one call. The turn is the king of clubs. He checks over to me. What are you doing here? So now there's 300 in the pot. The board is ace of spades, seven of spades, five of clubs, king of clubs, double suited, um, and you're sitting here with bottom set. Not blocking anything. What is it's you know, the pot's about three hundred. Uh, what are your stack sizes? Uh, we're three fifty effective here. Wait, you got three fifty. He he has three fifty. Oh, he's got just three fifty left. Yeah, I cover him, but it's three fifty effective. I'm probably going to go ahead. I'm betting like 200. Why? So well, just okay, give me the reason for. So here's my theory on it is I'm going to go the two thirds pot just because I want this call a little bit more. He's going to have so little left behind it. One, it could entice a jam. And it makes it easy to play on the river because I'm call I'm never not going for value on almost anything here. So it's a one of these that I just I think the jam might be tough. Like, well, the jam might be tough for like the flush draw to call, but I still want that call. Well, see, so I I did end up jamming for three fifty just because I was thinking that 
I mean, one, again, I'm turning over bluffs. I've been bluffing all night long, right? Right. Um, I've had multiple people tell me that me bluffing them has got them very annoyed. Um, and I'm thinking that, well, I mean, see, like some at some point people really start gunning for the guy who keeps showing bluffs over and over again for tons oh, yeah. of money. Um, and this is one of the guys who I had played another big hand with. So I jam thinking that he's probably going to call with like a pair and flush draw. Maybe is kind of what I'm hoping for. Right. Um, he folds. And, I, and I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I mean, I think first I didn't like it, but now going over it, I kind of like it. I like yours. I think yours is a more standard play. I think given the stack sizes and everything, I think yours is way more standard than mine. I just kind of like enticing with a that smaller call. To try to give, try just to try to get that call out of there, and and like I say, it's creating a small enough stack that I don't have to really worry about rivers that much. Well, but here's my issue with yours is like let's say the you know deuce of hearts on the river here, right? He's never putting that other hundred and something dollars in if he just bricked out with king high or what well, would be a pair of kings, but queen high, whatever. Okay. That's why I like the jam just to possibly not leave money on the table to where if the draw is brick because in my head which obviously might not be true i mean definitely not true but i just assume if he's calling 200 he's calling 350 but i definitely know if he bricks out on the river he's never putting in 150 on the river with stone nothing uh that that was my thought uh, process that's definitely a gr- i definitely agree on the fact like as far as you know, if the flush misses, you're never getting another dime. I think where we probably defer is I do think you would get a lighter, uh, you would get a call for 200 that you wouldn't get for 350. No, no, I agree. I was just, that was just my thought process yeah. in it. Just, I mean, because if, if they're going to draw, they're going to have equity, and I'd rather them draw for 350 than $200. Oh, 100%. If you can get the call for 350 you 100% want to do the 350 I was just thinking I might get called more often for the 200 and like I say, yours is the more standard, I think, a play that almost everybody would do. I just, like I say, sometimes I'll do this to just try to get that added call. Because I'm not scared of the, I'm not scared of the variance. If they, if they hit a flush, they hit a flush. But I still want that call. Yeah, well, you're talking to someone who wants no variance. Just give me the money, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll take the variance with the most amount of money in. That's, that I'm fine with. But now I have basically the, I mean, kind of the hand of the night other than the PLO bomb pot hand. Okay. This is my last hand of the session that was of any sort of real relevant or interest. But you're going to love this. Well, actually, eh, I'll, I'll end with this one. I'll, I'll tell you one funny one where I raised big with a 5-do suited or 5-3 unsuited, something like that. Real junko hand. Okay. And just flopped the nuts and just really just blasted somebody right out of that chair. I just hate you. So that was fun. Very profitable. I recommend it for everyone to flop the nuts. Um, so now this is the interesting <laughs> hand. Um, yeah, it was a giant bet pre-flop too, like $45, $50 pre-flop heads up. Um, just flop the money, nuts and just, Wait. I mean, just make it rain. I tell them, don't worry, I'll give the money to the homeless. You're so, a <laughs> Yeah. So, but okay. So now here's the interesting hand. Um, so I'm on the button straddle as I seem to be in every hand, that's interesting. Because it seems like I just get in the most mischief on this straddle. I mean, it seems like I play no other hands other than the straddle hand. It seems like I wait every orbit just to punt money on the straddle. But, so I'm on the button straddle. Um, folds to me, I have 5-8 of hearts. Not great, but I'm definitely raising. 100%. I do agree. This is one I do agree with. Uh, when it folds to you on the straddle... 
Wait, if I remember right, someone limped. The big blind limped, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The small blind and big blind limp, yes. Okay. Uh... With the limp, I could go either way. Uh, like, if it folds to me... Well, if it folds well, to me... Well, if you, it folds to me, you just, yeah. well, I get my money back. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, well... I, I'm th- kind of thinking of my button range, not like the straddle range. Uh, so, I could either go with a check behind or a raise. Uh, either way, either way, I'm fine. I think... I think you can definitely kind of raise and play this one a little tricky, or you can check behind. I think both are fine. So, I mean, I've been bluffing with nothing all night long and showing it, so why stop? So I raise big. Okay. Um, small blind falls, folds, big blind calls, heads up. Um, this guy has just won quite a bit of money, um, like literally the last hand. He's still stacking chips. Okay. So we're about 400 effective, 450, somewhere there. Um, the flop comes king, 10, um, like, I don't remember the other card, but one heart. And I was like, well, this is not great, but definitely smashes my quote-unquote perceived range, I guess, right? Okay. He checks. I bet, like, 45. And I was like, well, this is going to be like a one-and-done situation for me. What's the pot? Um, How much was it? Ninety. Okay, I can get behind this. Uh, I definitely think you have some range advantage here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I kind of like this. I'm thinking I'm going to take this down. I mean, not a ton of the time, but definitely a decent amount to make this pretty good. Agreed. Um, he calls. I'm like, well, that's definitely not awesome. The turn is an eight, and there's a flush draw available now. Not my heart, but obviously because it's an eight. But he checks, and I said, you know what? I guess I'll take my showdown value and just call this a give up because this player does not seem like someone who's going to be calling big preflop, calling a flop bet. Uh, so I was like, well, I'll, I'll just check, whatever. I man. love the check here. I, I mean, he's not folding a king. Even a 10 against you, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I mean you'd literally only be targeting a 10 that might or might not fold. I like this check. <laughs> the river is an offsuit eight, giving That's me nice runner, runner runner trips. And then he donks out 50. Wow. So now what do you do? So I made uh, it. With how this played out, I personally would make kind of the standard raise. I'd probably, I'd probably make it like 150. Mm. I jam all in for his whole stack. Chips aren't even stacked yet. And this is a massive like 3x pot over bet. That's 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 another route to go. <laughs> and he tanks for a while. And he finds the call. And he has ace king. God dang, man. And he just runs out the room in disgust and he's still yelling at me from the door. Yeah. Didn't even that- push his chips in the door. I had to go get them myself. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That's a, uh, now this is one we, like, when we talked about, like, I, like, I like how I play it for me, but I like how you play it for you. Because when you play the way you do, and sometimes it drives me crazy, (laughs) but when you play the way you do, you can get paid off on this way easier than I can. Because 
I'm just not, like, I have a lot of bluffs in my range. I'm usually not showing them. And there's times where I'll be bluffing a lot. Sometimes I won't. But when you're playing kind of like that perceived maniac style, not even a maniac style, but it's more perceived sometimes, it's a, this is something you can get away with as far as getting a lot of value here. Because I think this guy should be calling here because there are times you just won't have it, I think. Oh, definitely. But I was just, I just thought it was a really interesting spot to get value there in a spot where, I mean, it's definitely not, I mean, I wouldn't say thin value, but thin to get that much value. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it was, yeah, I can see what you're saying. It's thin to get like that one pair, like that, basically the two pair, like, you know, kings and eights to get to call. So, I mean, normally you like, you're kind of letting them, you might be letting off the, letting them off the hook with a fold there, but against you, that's a pretty difficult fold. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. Like I said, I couldn't couldn't quite make out what he was saying at the door, but it was not a positive themed statement. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you limp Ace King under the gun, <laughs> I mean, it seems like this should have either been a raise from him or a three bet if he is gonna play it this way when you straddle. But I don't know. To each their own. But I tell you what, <laughs> when that happens, it. Pretty nice for you to go runner-runner-8 there. I mean, very hard to put you on runner-runner-8 there. Absolutely. Actually, let me just hit you with one last hand. Let me hit you with one final hand before we go. And it's not going to be that interesting, so I'll make it fast. Okay. Which is just what you want to hear at the end of an hour-long episode. We're yeah. going to do something not interesting, but it'll be fast at least. Um, I have Ace-King. I'm about 2,500. The other guy has about 18 to 2,000, right? Okay. I three-bet my Ace-King hand to 75. Sorry, sorry. I open to 25. I get three bet to 80. You know me. Normally, this is a four bet for me. Right. I was like, well, this guy's, again, reference the podcast a few weeks ago. It seems weird to when someone plays no hands, playing super tight all night. And then the first three bet of the table, that's basically not from me. It's from the tightest player that, I mean, again, even forget that he's at the table sometimes. I said, you know what? Against everything I stand for, I'm just going to call. Not going to put the four bet in. Just going to call. Okay. Because um, I don't even know why. Because I got super sad that I got stacked last time. So, <laughs> I I, uh, I call the flop comes like nine high. So, like three, five, nine with two diamonds. I have the king of diamonds. Um, he bet 75. Well, what was the flop again? Five, like three, five, nine. Two diamonds. I have the king of diamonds. Which, I mean, very minute detail, but, you know. What, like I say, I think against a player like this, I might just fold given this line. Well, I mean, like I say, this is very player dependent. I think if it's a if it's someone who's capable of three betting light, I think this should be a call. Definitely not that. I think against a someone who's only three betting, kind of like the ace king to like aces kings queens jacks. Not uh, even sure if jacks and queens are getting three bet, but <laughs> then, uh, this is definitely a fold. <laughs> All right, well I call uh-huh. and then, <laughs> completely brick the turn, no diamond. 
He bets 75 again. I'm just like disgusted with myself and fold. Did he ever, did you ever find out what he had? No, he literally racked up before the chips got pushed to him after that. Uh, I like, well, I, I will say this. I like either the call of the three bet preflop against a player like this, or if you're going to four bet, I think it needs to be a four bet and you fold to any jam. Oh, or I mean, fold not any jam, the jam to you. <laughs> uh, but it, but obviously a full, but a fold to any five bet. Yeah, I just I agree with everything you're saying. So, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting spot, just one I didn't want to leave out, just because we're definitely not going to cover it next week. It wasn't that interesting, but yeah, that's true. But yeah, you're more like the highlight is you just playing ace king in a different way when you're so used to playing playing it just balls to the oh, wall. Oh, I mean, like I mean, I'd already shipped it two hands earlier, but it was against other people. Well, and I will say this. I I mean, I don't mind getting ace-king all-in, but when you're playing this deep, I mean, if you get ace-king all-in pre-flop this deep, it is a disaster. <laughs> Especially against someone who's played, like, two hands and... Shit against anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying... <laughs> if, you're getting, if you're playing 1-3 and you got 1,800 in your stack, you get it all-in, guess what? You better hope that guy has ace-king because that is the only thing you might be okay with. Yeah, well, ended up having a massive uh, session, profiting over 2K. That's super nice. I mean, definitely coming in a spot whenever we needed it, you know. So, um, well, I guess on that note, with your tournament score, my giant cash game score, pretty good week for the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.